<laughs> there we go. I'm recording this now, dude. Okay, so um, it's yeah. a darling Hartley live-ish. This is live-ish, isn't it? This is darling Hartley, including pups. Where's yours gone? Oh, they're oh, they've gone. Oh, here, come. <laughs> come here, Jojo. Oh, here the here they come. Come here <laughs> on demand. Come here. Oh, wow. There's Bentley. Hi, hi, buddy. And come here, Joe. Come here. Come on. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. Jojo. I can't believe how big they've got me. Okay. Remember that one as a puppy. Yeah, they're only 10 months old. That's scary. Scary. I don't think Sage is ever going to get that big. Little Yorkshire Terrier. Little, uh, little Jack Russell, bless her. So. 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 So British people get British dogs. Yeah, sure. Let's go with that. Unless they're York- Chihuahuas, I guess. Yorkshire Terrier. Yorkshire's in Britain, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you got, so. Look. She's a Jack Russell. But anyway, we wanted to have a good chat for the benefit of the people. Um, yes. As, w- as well as just enjoying each other's company. So this is what it is. And I thought. We were going to play it out and say, what do we want to talk about? What do people want to hear? And generally bring our hearts together for people, for leadership, for helping people be better than they were yesterday. But I think our topics just picked itself in terms of when stuff just doesn't go to plan. Let's talk about when stuff doesn't go to plan. So we're sat here having this conversation pre-recorded. We'd love to have had the interaction with the group anyway. But how do you, how do you like, like, I used to get quite stressed when things didn't go to plan. That just I think there's an element of control, but I think we're at peace right now. We, we seem to be rolling with it. Like, what do you think? What do you think helps roll with it? Oh man, you know it's it's funny. Um, last last week I would have I would have probably played it off a little bit differently. Mm-hmm. Last week I probably would have been like, oh yeah, everything's good, but inside I would have been just a basket case. Uh, <laughs> And, and a lot of times, a, a, a lot of times when things don't go my way or go to the level of expectation that I have either for other people or the situation, I, I try to think that, that I have a good attitude all the time, but it's, it's not, it's horrible. And I and emotionally break down because th- to your point, that control and, and wanting to like, you know, oh, 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 this isn't going right. And I need to aggressively and use strength to move it back where it needs to go. Um, man, I think, I think one just, you know, for me this morning, it was just like, you know what? It's not going to plan. Okay. Doesn't have to, that, that small moment of inconvenience does not have to direct the rest of my moments for the rest of the day. Mm. Um, and and uh, I, like it's just you know, um, it's okay. It's okay that mm. things can go right. Makes me think back to a time when um, back in my days at the police, I used to have to present to like the executive board and the chief. And I remember uh, the the day of this executive board. I mean, it was a good six seven hour meeting. The slide deck ran into like 120 slides. Um, a good kind of third of that was my content. I presented with a team. And the problem with it being a team presentation is that two minutes before someone had overwritten the version 
with none of my slides saved in it. So here I am, two minutes before nine o'clock, and I'm about to present to an, a group of executives, about, about 15 people in the room, and all of my content's gone. All of it. And what do you do? What do you do? Well, I guess, what did I do? I just, just at a moment, I thought, uh, I'm, not, I'm not, A, option A, run. Right, and that's just not going to happen. Right. So when you realize that there is no option but, but to deal with this, you go, right, okay, what do I do? And I, and I tell you what I did. I opened up the presentation because it was me to lead. And I just said, I said, can you imagine being in a situation where you're about to present to a group of executives for a good couple of hours and then all of your slides disappear? And I could see the look on people's faces. And I said, because that is what I'm about to do. Now, I... I think I remember a fair bit of my content, but I'm going to do my best to get through this situation right now. I was like, so can you bear with me? And it was just that moment of sheer, be real, just mm. be honest, have a sense of vulnerability about me and just hope that they go easy on me. Because here's what I've kind of learned is when you're in those sort of situations, people want you to win. People want you to succeed. And I'll tell you why I could do that. The reason I could do that is because I had perspective because it was the day after the Manchester bombings in here in England, Ariana Grande performed at a, a, a venue in Manchester, hundreds of people injured, loss of life, horrible, horrible incident. And when you turn up the next day, no matter how much we big things up and go how important it is, when you've got that level of perspective, it's just like, yeah, you could do that. I'm not going to die. Yep. Well, and think about it this way, too. Um, we are, and it's something I learned this past weekend, you know, our, our nervous system, right, um, in times of stress, mm -hmm. we, we operate our, our fight or flight mechanism. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and our nervous system doesn't know stress. Our nervous system, it all, it all, everything that our nervous system does uh, is connected to just our brain and, you know, and, and our heart and, and our emotion in the situation. And, and we attach, we attach emotion and stress to situations that, that our body then thinks because we've experienced things like that before that our body then thinks, oh, oh, this is this is life or death, fight or flight, and it and it just it erupts this this adrenaline and this and all of this these hormones into our body and it, it freaks us out mm. when the situation has nothing to do with whether or not we will live or die. <laughs> but we but we allow ourselves to associate a, a, a situation that doesn't go right to to and then our nervous system responds mm. in that fight or flight method and and we lose because in that when you when you go into that fight or flight adrenaline is shot out into your body and it yeah. goes straight into into your brain to where you are emotionally looking at how like the the way it operates in your brain and the, and everything is is how do i get how do i survive this mm. And I like what I like what you did this week when you applied that to the kid who was scared of the dark. Talk to us about that. Yeah. So so this this kid um, <laughs> in the neighborhood came to. I, I was getting out of the car and um, 
and he was looking he was looking all types of sad. His name is Jansen. <laughs> it's like it's like Jan, you know Jansen, what's up, dude? And and he um he was just talking about like oh my friends are my friends are picking on me and they're and they're being mean to me and scaring me and they know that I get scared. And he was saying that they were sh- like like shutting him in a room and turning off the lights in a room with no with no windows and jansen said i'm I'm scared of the dark and they know that and they keep they keep doing it i was like well one they're doing it because they know you're scared of the dark like you know they know that it scares you so they're doing it that's yes that is accurate i was like but dude why are you scared of the dark it's like i don't know it's like okay well, well what makes you scared i don't know he had no there was no cognitive reasoning as to why he was scared. And so we, you know, I was just like, you know, and, and I've got groceries in hand and I was just like, all right, here's, here's a chance. Like maybe I can help teach Jansen something. And I was like, dude, so we, so I went through this scenario, like, you know, he's a third grader, right? So I'm like, dude, if you're standing next to a big, mean, angry lion who hasn't eaten for a few days and you're standing there beside him, are you going to be scared? He was like, well, yeah. And I'm like, why? He's like, because that lion's probably going to eat me. I'm like, you're right. It's, you look like a Jansen sandwich. You know, like you're a little third grader, not much meat on your bones, but he's going to get a snack. And I said, and, and we know that because we know when lions are hungry, they're going to eat things. And we know that a lion is typically going to eat things that are a little bit smaller than they are, that they can catch. Right? Lions are efficient. They see that that's why they pick out the weak antelope because they can catch them easier, less in, in, energy expenditure. And so I was like, so that's real. That's reality. Reality is if you're standing next to a big, huge, hungry lion, you're going to get eaten. That is a reason to be scared. Mm. I was like, is there a big lion in that dark room? No. Who's in the room with you? It's like myself. Are you scared of yourself? Well, no. It's like, in that room, are there light switches? Yeah. Can you walk over to that light switch and flip it and lights come on? Yes. I was like, does the door lock? Well, yeah, from the inside. I was like, so you have control of whether or not you're stuck in that room. You have control over whether or not the lights stay off or the lights go back on. I was like, so the reality of the situation is Jansen, you're in control. But you, but, but you're, you have no reason to be scared of the dark. There's no reality as to why the dark is scary. You've just chosen that you're going to let it bother you. Mm-hmm. When you have control to change your situation. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and I think it's true. I think, you know, I think we have. My neighbor walked outside. We have, we have the ability in certain situations to control the narrative in our mind as to the types of emotion and reality that we assign to whatever it is that's going on. And, and we can either assign stress and fear and anxiety, or we can realize that, that, that this has nothing to do with whether or not we live or die, and that and that we can we can approach it from from an attitude of gratitude and mm. love and from you know from that type of perspective and 
And oftentimes those situations that were either so terrifying or, or so stressful for us, um, we, just we just assign a different name to them. We give them a different name. Mm. Cool story, dude. Yeah. It was a, it was a fun little moment with him. <laughs> what should we talk about? You know, uh, I think uh, something um, I was thinking about earlier, and I actually made a post about this on on uh, on LinkedIn. Um, you know, we I heard a quote this past weekend, and it said that a rising tide raises all ships. And I sat there and I thought about that quote, and and I was like, man, that's so good. It's like, that's so good. Um, but, but one of the things that I realized, Ryan, um, just full transparency was that um, I wasn't able to rise because I didn't even have my boat in the water. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I was standing on the shore. Mm -hmm. Now, there were certain aspects of my life. I had my boat a little bit in the water. I didn't really have my boat in the water. And so, and, and a part of that, a part of that not being able to rise and not being in the water is that I wasn't, I, I have not truly been surrounding myself with people that raise, mm -hmm. raise my level. They don't, that raise my bar. And I, and I noticed that this weekend and, and saw a, a group of men that I was like, man, I need to be surrounding myself more men like this that are going to take me out into the deep end mm -hmm. and that, it, that, and that as they rise and as that tide rises and that, and that, that, that level rises, I'm going to go with them. Mm -hmm. And it made me think about as, as leaders and as just, as just professionals or just people in general, how often do you think that we are surrounding ourselves with people that keep us on the shore hmm. versus the people that, that, you know, like a tugboat carry us out into the deep end so that we can rise together? I struggle with this one because I very much operate from the, the, uh, the tugboat mentality is continually. So I see, maybe I see the world through me doing that to others, but, you're right. And I think it's important. And I, I tell you what, I tell you what I'm, I realized it most is when I went through that struggle last year, 2019, middle of um, good people like yourself, Christine Saunders, Craig McHugh, I'd have conversations with like with you three and you didn't give me your views, your opinions, your judgments. You just simply said, bro, I'm here for you, man, like anything you need. And, and you've got this, like not, not in a fake toxic, you hoorah, like you right. figure it out, like you figure it out. And I think this is what I've learned, right? We, that, that practical advice of we are the average of the five people we surround ourselves with. Well, if that is where we are now in our usual communities, we get something we're passionate about with leadership, for example, we start to learn and grow. What happens is people go, hang on a second. You don't want to do that. You might fail. I don't want to see you get hurt. It, it, it's a love-based It's a love -based thing because they don't want us to get hurt. They don't want us to feel failure. There are some people at that level that go, well, if you're growing and I'm not, like that makes me feel uncomfortable. So you just come back here because I don't like feeling uncomfortable about myself either. 
So it's not always binary. It's not always love. And it sometimes can be fear, envy, jealousy, whatever that might be. And our job is to, to kind of recognize that and know that those people that are holding us back, it's either a love or a fear-based decision. Secondly, is when you surround yourself with people that are operating at a level that either you want to be or when you fall and you go, I'm drowning in the waves, they go, no, 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 Jonathan, up we come. When you go, I, do you know what? I've got doubt. I'm not sure if I can do this. I'm not sure whether I'm a speaker. I'm not getting any clients, la, 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 la. And you go, dude, this is who you are. Come on, let's go again. What are you not doing? How can we help you? Have a chat with matey boy over here. And it's like, and that's what it means when a rising tide lifts many boats is because is no matter how much you feel like you sink, that, that tide just says, come on, up we go. Yeah, and it's funny how, how oftentimes there are people in their own boats, but then there are also times that those people in the boats are also the tide, right? Mm-hmm. Right, to your point, like they're the ones helping you rise. Yeah. Um, and we get, to do, we get to do the same thing for them. Sometimes we're the boat, sometimes we're the water. Um. And I think, you know, I think it's interesting. You, you mentioned the, you know, the, the, the fear, the love-based protection, right? Or you know, that they, they love us, so they protect us. Or um, they, they see us going somewhere. And, and, it, and, and we do it to ourselves, right? We see yep. the people who are out in the deep end and who, who are up, you know, at this level. And we're down here on, we're down here on the shore. And we think we we don't have what it takes to get there. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't, we don't, we don't have, there's something that they don't have, or there's something that they have that we don't have and, yeah. and we, and we can't get to that level. Um, and I think we, we convince ourselves that staying on the shore, even for, even for our own sake, it's safe. Um, I, you know, I think, I think there's oftentimes we don't, I don't know how you feel about this, you know, that we're not worthy of, of being to the level that we would like to be at. What are your thoughts on that? Being honest, like I don't struggle with self-worth. Like, like for me, you might not, but I mean, like, like, do you think that there are, do you think, it's a challenge for some people that that they don't feel worthy of that of of where they truly want to be my so my interpretation and my understanding of that isn't necessarily touched to worthiness it's that why me who me uh, it's that imposter syndrome that's something i can massively relate to it's not a question of self-worth because you can in those moments you can back yourself but it's that it's that moment of what if I get found out? It's that pushing the comfort in that pushing of the comfort zone comes the negative thoughts comes the, mm-hmm. what if I fail? What if I can't help people? What if I drown? What if I, you know, what if, why me? Why, you know, surely other people in and, and, and I guess it's that element and that's all just lies and distraction. It's all discouragement that, that comes from just, and this is what I've kind of said over, over the lockdown period is if you are experiencing that, that negative self-talk, the lies, the discouragement, the doubt, the simply best thing is to just get your head down and help people and realize how valuable you are as a human being to other people. Yeah. Do you think that, do you think that connects though back to a lack of self-love? 
Yeah, maybe because I, I, I think I think as people we operate we operate in a in a in a field of love or a field of fear. Mm-hmm. And when we truly love ourselves, we we give ourselves grace. We push ourselves. We we raise the bar for ourselves when when we live in a state of fear. We we operate in a hand. I'm, I don't think I'm good enough. What if mm-hmm. I fail? What if I this? Do you think that kind? Of, do you think that's a lack of love, or do you think that's an abundance of fear? So it it, it can be, it can be the lack of love. It can also be the lack of kind of um, mindset. Because if you if you put yourself in a position where, so I don't believe in this sense of needing to be good enough anymore. Because I don't think that being a servant requires you to be good enough. It just requires you to care enough. Yeah. Um, so. So I, I take self-love, I say I take the, the the worth off the table because it's it's not a factor when you realize that anybody can just make a di- look, micro moments, massive impact. It, you don't right. need to be worth anything to turn around and make a massive impact by a micro moment. So take self-worth off it. Therefore, it's nothing to do with self-love. And it can do with two things. One is to care enough to help people. And the second is in pushing your comfort zone, the willingness to learn from when it doesn't go right and if you could do those things show up have fun do your best and just know that you will learn like i feel that that creates this one foot forward mentality you're not always going to win you're not always going to get it right but you're going to learn in the process you're going to grow as a human being and and then through that is where confidence will come the confidence is the result of doing those things not the not the buy-in stake yeah yeah, that's so good. You know, something else I realized, uh, and you've done it to me too. Uh, mm-hmm. But the, you know, I, I've I've kind of shared a little bit on Facebook. You know, this past weekend I went to a men's retreat, and it was just it was just absolutely fantastic, and it, it was really you know focused around faith and um, you know men growing together, and the and the caliber of men that I was around was just ab- absolutely incredible. Um, but but something came to mind. Um, and I really thought about it this week and it's something you've done to me and it happened again this weekend. And then it, and then it really hit me earlier this week. So I was, I was out, I was out at this retreat out in Phoenix and, uh, we were talking and everybody out there calls me JD. So, and, and a lot of people do like a lot of people call me JD. Um, and so this guy was like, he was like, yeah, he was like, JD, why don't you say something about that leadership guru? I was like, yeah, I'm not a leadership guru. And he goes, he goes, stop. He's like, stop it. He's like, don't you dare cast off what I'm, what I'm speaking over you. He's like, don't you dare deny the blessing that I'm trying to give you by speaking into you what's already, what's wanting to come out of you. It's like, you, you, like, you know, just like I said, I'm trying to be a leadership speaker. Right. And, and out there, what, what this guy, uh, what one of the guys out there would say, he was like, we, we do, we don't try. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and he said, you know, he was like, but John, like, he was like, John, don't, if somebody's speaking that into your life and speaking that out of you, don't you, don't you dare take that away from yourself. Mm. And it's funny because so having that in my mind and I was like, okay, like I won't, I won't do that again. Right. It's like a lesson learned. Yes, sir. 
you and Ryan Hartley, like, I get it. Okay. Uh, and then, and then something earlier this week, I, I was, I was listening to something with my kids and, and, and there was a little, there was a boy over and they were kind of arguing back and forth and, and not that they were being incredibly mean to each other, but like the boy said something and, and, and it wasn't the most positive towards my, my daughter. Like, you know, they're just bickering kids. And my daughter was like, don't you dare say that about me. Don't you say that about me. And it, and it's funny how quickly we are to deny someone that says something that we don't believe about ourselves, right? Or, or something that's negative. Like we are quick to, don't, don't you put that on me. Don't you say that about me. And like we defend ourselves. But yet we can't accept when someone says something good or positive about us. You know, the, um, there's something called attribution bias, which means that um, if we are depressed, or if there's some some uh, worries with us in our mental health, that we do the opposite. We own everything negative said about us, and we deflect everything positive said about us. And and that and where and I think you get this a lot in sports. This negative attribution bias because when when people win, uh, the research and the science says that they attribute all the reasons why they won to themselves and the things within their control. And they attribute reasons they lose to the external factors. Like it was, it was the ref, it was the opponent, it was the weather, it was the lack of preparation, it was right. the sickness in the cap, whatever that might be. And I guess the same is is true for us as as humans. There's those when we win, it's like yeah, you know, like Conor McGregor. I want to thank absolutely nobody. <laughs> you know, right? Yeah. yeah, you know. And and when it's when it's criticism, it's well, that can't be us. It's we're going to blame everything else. It can't possibly be us. But there's definitely something about our society at the moment that is struggling to accept compliments. Yep. And and here's what I think. Here's what I know. So when I when I coach people, when I speak with people, I just I don't say do anything lavish. Don't just sit sit on your hands and say thank you. Don't say anything like oh no, it don't don't say anything. And and I know the people that need to do this because they're the ones that cringe when I say just say thank you. Because they're the ones that need it most. Because they're like, I I couldn't imagine doing that. But it's powerful. When you look someone in the eye, and invariably these people are givers, and what I say to them is I say, can you imagine that person wanting to give you the gift and you won't even receive it? Can you imagine if you tried to give someone else a gift and they wouldn't receive it? And they're like, I never see it like that before. Yeah, And and, and our words and what we speak to people can be the gift that we give them right? It doesn't, you know, and, you know, circling back around to leadership, we, we, you know, and you and I talk about it. And, you know, uh, I I think back to even the live that you were doing with Bill Mitchell, Um, you know, Bill said, ah, you know, I'd look at Ryan Hartley or Jonathan Darling and man, I'm not a leader like they are. And isn't it so funny? We, we look at that, but we don't, we don't realize how much power we have in just giving the gift of our words and our positive affirmation and our, and our kindness to somebody else. And, and, and I think as leaders, when, you know, if you are in even positional leadership, being able to have that conversation with somebody and, and, and being able to, um, we're oftentimes so quick to point out the negative and to, and to find the bad things that are going on with the people around us. Mm. 
because we, 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 it's almost like we look for those and it's almost like it's so hard for us to find something good to say, right? We oftentimes, like, you know, we oftentimes catch employees doing the wrong thing and very rarely catch them doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. And how often when they're doing the right thing, do we just go, well, yeah, of course they're doing the right thing. That's the expectation. They're supposed to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And we, and we, we miss those micro moments to be able to, to use our gift to, to speak over people, um, to speak over people life. Uh, there was a study, I don't have my notebook in front of me. It was one of the things we were learning from this weekend. There was a study, um, and you can look it up, it was a study on electrons and whether or not electrons were matter or not. And it's this quantum physics. So, you know, a little bit up here. Um, but they were trying to determine whether or not electrons were actually matter. And so they were running these different tests, shooting electrons through these different things, uh, looking at the patterns that was that was filling up, like, and, and the patterns of the electrons when they hit this thing. Um, and they were like, well, but if you do this and you do this, like, like matter turns into like a wave and it looks like this. And if it's not, and, and the electrons were all over the place, they weren't doing anything. Here's a here's this, and like, this is going to sound crazy. You can look it up. I'll, I'll find the study. Um, but when the scientists who were doing this, obviously you can't visually see electrons, right? Like they're flying, they're all around. They're in us. So you can't see them. When they looked at the electrons and, and, and saw that, you know, like, like we're looking at the experiment as the electrons were being shot through and they spoke to the electrons that they wanted to see them in a way, they spoke it towards things. The results of that test were the electrons in the exact same pattern as matter. So it went from being scattered to end the pattern that, that the scientists were speaking to it, that they wanted to see. Pro- proven quantum physics study. Mm. And what it showed was that there is power in what you speak. And, you know, there's, there's a, a doctor, I can't remember his name. I'll post this one too. Um, the study of water crystals. Mm-hmm. And when they when the guy spoke negatively to water crystals, and then with love and positivity to these water crystals, the water crystals that he spoke love and positivity to, when they were looked at under a microscope, were amazingly beautiful, crystallized water particles. Mm-hmm. The ones that he spoke spoke negativity and hurt and death over looked like muck. Mm. Just disgusting. Mm. Let's, um, let's wrap this up with some implications on what you've just shared, both positive and negative for these guys to take away. I think for one, you've, you know, you were talking about, let's, let's take it all the way back to the beginning, right? What happens when things don't go well? How do you respond? Mm. How do you respond around people? What do other people hear when things don't go right? 
and I think if if you can if you can stay in that in that space of love and positivity, and regardless of what's going on around you, your circumstances don't have to dictate your internal environment. And if you are operating in a place of love and gratitude and positivity, and, and you are speaking that over yourselves in those moments of chaos, and you are speaking those to other people in those moments where things are just going horrible, the outcome is going to be a lot more positive, regardless of what happens in the situation. The outcome of the people in the situation, how they operate their internally and externally, they are going to be more comfortable. They're going to feel more filled up with love and life and less stressed and have more gratitude because of you in that situation, what you're choosing to emote and what you're choosing to speak. Love that. So if I use this hand and I do that, and I, can I kiss bump you at some point? Where does that go there? We'll, uh, we'll try and make this conversation happen again on a live stream so we can have people jump on and ask us Q&A as we go. But we'll, we'll figure this out as we go. I think what we wanted to do is just create a time and a space where we could just share, connect, be, um, and hopefully just bring some level of conversation to the community, whether it be about love, leadership, inspiration motivation whatever that might be we'll see where it goes and if when we post this you've made it this far thank you for making it this far um but let us know some of the topics you'd love to hear jonathan and i discuss so we're going to keep this going for about six weeks a week my friend and and see what comes of it and see people like it if they don't then don't have to watch it right because <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're still having fun we're still I, I i enjoy this as a as a as a way of um I guess like what you said around, you know, spending time with those, those people, it just puts you on a different wavelength and you know, who knows what thought that might inspire and create people. Yeah. And for me, you know, it's, it's, you know, almost 10 o'clock in the morning, you know, the day is still getting started. Um, this is a great, this is a great level to start the day at, you know, Happy days. get to see um, that, get to see that beautiful face. Much love, dude. Love you, brother.